Hey, welcome back. To all you guys that were here for the first episode, welcome back. To all you newcomers, welcome to the Coach's Lounge. The feedback from the first episode has been ridiculous. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much. We've even had some people donate to our Patreon. If you're interested in doing that, please go ahead and you can go to our Podbean and there is a donate button. Feel free. There's three different tiers. Uh, It is greatly appreciated and we are extremely grateful. This episode is the continuation of the first episode with Dick Olin and Chris Massey. If you did not hear that, I highly recommend you go back and do that one first because there was some absolute gold in there this one is just a continuation of it and it is just as good if not better these guys are straight gold and coach flanagan and i could have sat there and talked and listened to these guys talk for hours upon hours so enjoy it make sure you go check us out on social media at real coach lounge on twitter on instagram our facebook we're everywhere Hit us up. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. This is for you guys. So enjoy episode two entitled Put a Toe in Each Hand. Welcome to the Coach's Lounge Podcast, dedicated to the experiences from the real coaches' offices around the country. These are the great stories we love to share and hear from the gridiron, court, and fields across America. Now, join coaches Kevin Flanagan and Matt Marshall as they open the lounge now. Like you're playing North Shore, I was at Cy Fair and we were fixing to play Conroe back in 80. 81 and they were this is back when conroe used to line up in the pincher defense which was very unsound but they had so much better players than everyone else that they just kicked your ass anyway and so we had a quarterback that needed like a hundred yards to set a new district passing record it was one of those games we knew we weren't going to win we decided to get in the shotgun we're going to throw it a little bit and just get that kid to record well, by halftime, he had the record. But we were down 42 to nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're in the, down by the dressing room. All the coaches are outside. And the head coach, he's from Montana, smoked more cigarettes than any human you never <laughs> know in your life. He's puffing on a cigarette. He says, All right, what are we going to do to get back in this game? And one of Schedule them next year. And one of our, de- <laughs> our, our, defense, our defensive ends coach sitting over there, and he's got a cigarette too. This is kind of back when you could do stuff like that, you know. And he's puffing on his coat, and he goes, Coach, you can piss on the fire. This hunt's over. <laughs> of course, that made him even madder, right? And so at the Booster Club meeting the following Monday, we're in there talking, and the head coach gets up and says, well, he starts talking about the, the game, and he says, and I let my coaches talk me into doing some things I don't normally do. And, <laughs> and we're over there. <laughs> he says, and as far as uh, those 42 points are concerned from the first half, I'll just let the defensive staff explain <laughs> that. <laughs> Now, now I am going to tell you now, you keep mentioning Larry, and we're, we're going to have Larry on here. So oh, he will Larry have rebuttal time. Hey, you there will be rebuttal yeah, time. He, he, he realize that he'll have the chalk last, right? But he doesn't he, know how to work technology, so he won't figure out a podcast. No, he's, his wife no Larry is really – he's an excellent coach. He really Don't start sandbagging now. No, no, no. <laughs> he is. Larry, Larry, Larry he, I really am – really, think you're awesome. He, no. <laughs> He's something else. So, and, and anybody that's worked with him knows that. But he would go home and he would, I mean, he would watch video and all that stuff until he'd come in and he schemed everything, did a phenomenal job. And then, you know, as an offensive, I was the offense coordinator and head coach. So I never ever went to the defensive field very often. I really didn't. Did you even know where it was? It was, yeah, it was. And, you know, we were on the big field and the defense had a 50-yard field to the side. And, uh, you know, people say, well, do you ever say anything to your coordinators? I go, yeah. During the game, I'd walk by and say, are we ever going to stop anybody? Just let me know. You know, do we need to score more? What the heck? And uh, the defensive coordinator, one time we ran a fake punt on our own two-yard line. 
against Sonny Karras. And uh, it didn't work, but it was a good call. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> even though it didn't I mean, work, I still believe it was a good call. I've, I've got to steal that one too. <laughs> the, uh, the center had just gotten hurt, and the guy that's in charge of the special team said, Hey, we don't have a deep snapper. I said, Well, then let's run the fake. So we did. And Daryl Warden was our DC. Daryl Warden comes out and goes, What in the hell are you doing? I said, Ah, oh, we thought it would work. He said, well, it didn't. <laughs> I said, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm at the same game. And so, uh, Sonny Thanks. got the ball on the two-yard line, but he, Sonny. On the two. The two-yard line. The two so, yard you line. ran a fake punt from your own two. <laughs> yeah. And you are maybe one of the smartest coaches I've ever known. But Sonny, Sonny yells across the field. He goes, Sonny goes, hey, Dick, that was a good call. It didn't work, but it was a good call. I would never have thought it was a good call, but when Sonny said it was, okay. But the thing is, is that we we had a kid named James Cleveland that was running, and gosh, all you had to do, I mean, I could have completed the pass. All you had to do is just, there was nobody. Sonny was coming after it. He had one guy back. Oh, my he, God. He was just wide open. It was a touchdown. I'm like this. And you're already but celebrating. I was doing this. I didn't realize it was going to be for them. They're getting the touchdown, not us. And you know, you talk about Larry telling why you guys didn't go home. Yeah. So when I was coaching in Conroe, we had a coach from Odessa, Texas. And every day, this is back when there were no cell phones, and there was one phone in the assistant coach's office. There wasn't a phone on every desk like there are now. There was one phone. And it had a long cord so the kids could take it outside the office and, the call, curly, yep. and call parents yep. to come get them. Every day, this coach would stop at the phone. He'd have his clothes over his arm and stuff. He'd stop at the phone, pick it up, call his wife. Norma, it's me. Get naked and put a big toe in each hand. I'm coming home. <laughs> And, he, and he'd hang up immediately, <laughs> immediately. So this goes on for like two weeks, right? And finally, I'm sitting in there and he does it. I, I'm telling you, when I say every day, I mean every day. So try that. he does it after like two weeks. <laughs> do it, yeah, it works well. I heard him do it one day and he hung up. As soon as he hung up, I turned around and I said, I'm throwing my bullshit flag. <laughs> I said, you are, there is no way you're calling your wife and saying that to her every day. Damn sure am. I said, bullshit. You're calling time and temperature. That's when you could call, you know, it's three o'clock and 68 degrees, right? I go, you lying sucker. He asked her. I said, well, by God, I am. So the next time I saw her, I, I go up to her and I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm, apologizing ahead of time, but I got to ask you an extremely personal question. Did she know you before this? Oh, yeah. We, okay. we, we, we knew each other. And she goes, well, yeah, what, what is it? And I said, this, does he really call you every day before he leaves the office and say, get naked and put a big toe in each hand and he's coming home? <laughs> she goes, every day. <laughs> so, you know, I'm standing there and I kind of put my hands up like, well, you know, I got to ask, <laughs> do you ever do it? She goes, hell no. Look at that fat bastard. Hey guys, quick question. Would you like to feel better, sleep better, less anxiety? You want your joints to feel better? If the answer is yes to any of these or yes to all of them, CBD is the way to go. Now, I know what you're thinking, and it's not the same thing that you grew up being told was bad. It's not that hippie lettuce you always heard about from your parents or your teachers. CBD is a thing called cannabidiol that's what's left when the THC, the stuff that gets you high, is removed. This stuff has tremendous healing and anti-inflammatory properties along with fighting stress and anxiety. Look, basically it's all the rage all over the world right now. 
Now, I know you also see these rinky-dink CBD stores popping up all over the place right now. Trust me when I tell you, you do not want to go to these places to try out CBD. Just like you preach accountability to your players and coaches, demand it from your CBD supplier. Level Up CBD is where you get that accountability. How? Well, that's simple. There's a QR code on every one of their products. You simply scan that code with your camera and boom, Level Up will let you know where your product was made along with where it's been every step of the way until you start reaping the benefits personally. If that's not accountable, y'all, I don't know what really is. Trust me, after all of these years of me being done with my body, whether as a player, coach, firefighter, doing jujitsu, or just my big brisket back self doing a marathon by the end of the 2021 because Coach Flanagan said I couldn't, my body is a wreck. Enter Level Up CBD. Me personally, I'm a 2,000 milligram citrus guy. I just place a couple drops under the tongue and boom, I'm a new man. Not to mention that 1,000 milligram lotion on those sore muscles after those long runs. And it don't hurt, fellas, when the missus asks for a massage. Use some of that lotion. Get you some bonus points at home if you know what I'm saying. Try it for yourself today. Go to levelup-cbd.com. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Levelup-cbd.com. And when you go, let them know you heard about it in the coach's lounge. Yeah. Do you know that Vince Sebo and I were together? I don't at, know. Who's at, that guy? That's your AD. That's his AD? Yeah. That's your AD. That's your AD, too. You work for him, it's your AD, too. Vince Sebo. Oh, and I'm very familiar with <laughs> We were with together Vince. in Lufkin. Really? And Vince was a junior high coach in Lufkin. And Roger Slagle and I were roommates. And uh, we were with, in the spring, it was myself. Hey, that's another thing, you know, in Texas, you. If somebody gets a job and they offered you another job, you could leave your job and come with them if the district will let you go. I had no idea. So in the spring of uh, 84, I came in 83 and 84, I went to Lufkin with Culpepper and we lived in this, they got us an apartment and we lived in this apartment and he called it the Panther dorm. And Roger Slagle and I had one room and Jerry Durling and uh, Pat had the other. And we put in our offense and put in our defense. And Culpepper, he called me and he said, Dick, I want you to be the running back coach. Because I met him when he was the head coach at Northern Illinois. And I had two players that go there. But uh, <clears throat> he said, I want you to be the running back coach. I said, great, sure. Lufkin, I didn't know where it was. I said, fine, love it. Well, then he calls back and said, I want you to be the offense coordinator. I said, okay. He said, put together an iBook. I said, okay. So I put together all these playbooks. And he said, let's meet at the steakhouse and, you know, and we'll eat and have talks and all that. And I said, great. And he said, we'll go through your book. May I ask a question really quick? Go ahead. What is an iBook? Oh, playbook. The playbook. Well, I, there, there might be people that aren't familiar with that. So could you like. People that are listening to this? Possibly. Okay. Hopefully. No, it's, yeah, it's a formation. The I formation. So he said, that's my clever way of saying I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, nice job. Way to go, man. You it's covered it well. You covered it well. Yeah. Hey, I'll draw it up for you later. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, I'm asking for a friend. Yes, uh, yes. That's he's, always a good one. Like that. So Cumberbatch says, hey, put this together. So I do. I lay this out for him. And he goes, Dick, this is really good. He pitched, he's going through the pages. He said, I like this. You're a winner. More pages. I really like this. You're a winner. More. I like this. You are really a winner. He said, Coach, this is a heck of a book. He said, this excellent. He closes it. He said, this is excellent. He said, but here's what we're going to do. And he hands me a playbook. <laughs> I had all these so all this stuff. I had all, all this, this stuff, stuff you brought in is excellent. Yeah. But we ain't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. So we are in that dorm, the Panther dorm. And the offense, when we did well on Saturday, then he and Jerry Durling would go for a run. And I tell Slagle, I said, hey, we got to always kick their ass Saturday in their scrimmage. I don't want to run. Well, we didn't. So he tells me, he said, Dick, come on, let's go. And I went, oh, God. So we go out to A. Martin Stadium. Have you ever seen that place? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. my gosh. Hey, the bleachers, they're very high. And so, so Culpepper has us running on all this. And they said, Dick, we're going to run some stadium steps. Now, mind you, I'm not young. And he's running like he's crazy up and down. And I'm going along. And all of a sudden, I just go, oh, I scream. I cramp up and I lay there. And he turns around and looks at me and, and he never came back. He just kept right on running. And I thought, damn, I got back and I said, Schlage, 
I said, we can't ever let that happen again. You know, we got to always come out on top because otherwise next time you're going to go running and I'm the OC, so you got to go run. But it was terrible. And he and I, then in the fall, we had a, an apartment. We had mattresses that we slept on. We had a 16 millimeter projector on a, on a card table. We had one couch and that was it. And we would watch video or, or 60 millimeter film. And there was a guy that came down from Indiana that was a friend of Vince's. He slept on our couch and, you know, he couldn't sleep as we were watching film and all that stuff. So he, he left. He said, I, I don't want to do this. And he left. But Vinny, great. We had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And that was my, my second year in Texas. And then Culpepper helped me get the head job at, at Eisenhower. But he was uh, an intense man, to say the least. You know, your buddy Stroud was pretty intense, too. Ooh. There's a lot of stories. There's that. some great stories. So let's, let's do it. So I know a guy. Oh my soul. That decided to go down an interview with Coach in Baytown, and he gets down there and he's wearing his coat and tie. Now he's in there for an interview, right? Goes in the old old field house and tells some one of the assistants, "I'm here to interview with Coach Stroud." Oh, he's in the back. I'll go get him. <laughs> So he sits down, and uh, a couple of minutes later, out comes Coach Stroud, just out of the shower, drying off. Yeah, still drying off. You know what I mean? And uh, now wait, let me preface something. That's, let it. I'll let him finish. But it was the old field house, and you had to walk all the way down this corridor to get to the shower, and then come back. And when he would do that, he'd have flip flops and a towel. Walked down there naked, and then he's coming back, <laughs> wet, naked, and trying to dry off. Go ahead. So he's he walks in, <laughs> and is drying off. And my my buddy, you know, hey, I'm you know introduces himself, and Jim just kind of reaches a hand out there, shake hands, and naked, yeah, <laughs> about naked. So he says, "Come on in the office." So he goes into like his office, goes and sits down. <laughs> and lays the towel over himself and proceeds to interview my friend for like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Just laid it on his lap like a napkin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when the interview's over, he gets up, shakes hands. My buddy leaves, goes to the first convenience store he could find, got on a payphone and calls me and said, You ain't going to believe this shit. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I just spent the last hour and a half being interviewed by a naked man. That's a I life said, memory. Wait a minute now. Again? <laughs> the last hour and a half, I got interviewed for a job by a naked man. Wow. And you stayed? <laughs> what, wasn't, that, wasn't that red flag enough right there that. That's probably not a place you wanted to go. Holy cow. I really need a job. <laughs> when I followed him, see, I came there in 92. Right after I came right after him. And all these coaches, like Mike Bass was there, and those guys were leaving. And Mike Bass, I think, went to Clear Lake. He was a Clear Lake with yeah. us. Yeah. And uh, what had happened is they told everybody in Baytown that they would give you a year's salary to leave if you had – 20 years of experience so that they could bring in cheaper people. Younger. Younger and cheaper. Yeah. And Bass had been there, I believe, four years with Stroud. And they applied for the 20-year payment. <laughs> and they said, how can you do this? He said, spending four years with Stroud is the equivalent of 20 years with a normal human being. Okay, there's, I got about recruiting. You know, this just happened, right? Everybody signed national letters and oh, so yeah. on. Yeah. So, there's two records that we set at Baytown Lee, which will probably never be broken and probably no one knows about them. So I'm going to share them. The first one happened at halftime. The long, what's your halftime time limit? How, what's the maximum minutes? You 28 can, minutes. There you go. We're playing Viter. Fortunately, they were not very good. And we were. <laughs> and Lance, or Vance Duncan was a referee. Did you ever have Vance? He's Not been around a long that. time. Okay, he's, he's good. probably my scratch list. Good official. Mine have been. Good official. <laughs> and we were having homecoming. 
we had a 55 minute halftime. Wow. And started the game with the second half with a 15 yard penalty. Vance came in the locker room and said, Dick, they're still introducing people. He said, we can't do this. He said, I'm going to have to penalize you. And I said, well, that's okay. Cause it's Viner. So we're ahead 49 zip. It doesn't matter. You know, 15 yards. Is that what it's going to be? He said, it could be 30. And I went, are you kidding? He goes, no. So we come out and you're still introducing people. I asked my principal, I said, why don't we introduce the entire fucking crowd? <laughs> and he said, I, I really don't think that's funny, coach. I said, neither do I. And we just got, a, I think it might've been a 30 yard penalty because they penalize us for not being there on certain time this time, but it was a lot. And I said, we can't afford to do that if we play somebody good. Yeah. I said, so how about changing the way in which we have halftime? I mean, we can't introduce everybody like this, you know? Sure. So that was one story. And that's true. Nobody's had that long of a halftime, 55 minutes. That's, that's got to be a record. Is, 55. That, is, that, is, there, is there a standard rule of how, 28? And then after how many minutes? You, you, you could be after penalized, but no, never happens. no officials want to open that can of worms apparently no. one will no he did but twice, yeah, but, twice. i mean when you go yeah when you go night. when you go 55 minutes my <laughs> god that's a hell of a long time you should you get think, penalized you think you would escalate to maybe you need to forfeit instead of just keep throwing oh, no question oh, you know we talked about that but that really wasn't an option you know forfeit yeah okay good we'll leave thank you very much so you know if we're going to talk about officials well, wait, before oh, you're still New Year's, oh, let's finish this my one, bad. Okay? Oh, So the last one is it. on recruiting, all right? Uh-huh. We had how many, how many visits can you have in recruiting? How many can a kid have? Five. It used to be five. Is it four now? No, I think it's five. It's five. Okay, it's still five. five. Yeah. Okay. What's the most visits any of your players has ever had? 32. <laughs> That's a good guess. But you're a little high. We had a kid, God's truth. 27 visits scheduled. Come on. I swear to God. And, you know, do you remember John Reeves, quarterback at Florida? He came in my office. This is the only way I found out. My kids would tell me, Coach, I'm going to visit such and such, such and such, you know. And so we kept track of all this stuff. This kid never said much. John Reeves came in and said, hey, this guy is coming. And I said, John, I said, let me tell you something. I said, I don't think he's going to make it. I said, he scheduled visits with 27 schools. I said, he ain't coming to see you. I wow. said, he's got three visits this Saturday. There's no way. And so all I different coasts. And I said, here's what happened. Recruiters would come. They would talk to him, you know, and so on. Then they would call his house. Well, he and his uncle thought it was funny. So they said, yeah, they'll visit everywhere. And this kid, I said, oh, my God. Well, he committed to A&M. Now, just to tell you what type of kid he was. He inserted him, his, himself into a game at AM. He jumped offside, proceeded to destroy the quarterback. Flags flying, so on. Do you think he ever played again or saw the field at AM? That was it. Was he on the 12th man after that? No, he, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He, he was on there to make sure that, <laughs> that they kicked it to the right place. But that's the truth, this guy on recruiting. You know, we had and a And he also, I just, he, he was living with grandma, right? He's going to fly to Boston College with our tight end who committed to Boston College to visit. Never been in an airplane. I'm taking to the airport. He said, Coach, I uh, talked to my grandma last night. And he said, uh, I asked her, he said, you know, I've never flown my grandma. And she said, uh, I'm really afraid. And she said, well, there's nothing to be worried about. If it's your time to die, then you'll die. And he said, yeah, but uh, what if it's not my time, but it's the pilot's <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness. I said, Lord, have mercy. But that's true. Those are That's recruiting 101 right you there. You know, we had a recruiting weekend in A&M one year when I was there. And I guess it's still the same. I don't know. But on Sundays, all the kids had to be gone, had to be off campus by noon. Okay. So head coach says we're going to have a staff meeting at 1.00 to talk about the 25 recruits that we had in that weekend. Go get some news and get to the office. 
So we start our meeting at one. We're talking about 25 kids that were in that weekend. And it's now seven o'clock on Sunday evening. And we're still in there talking about the same 25 guys. And we had a one of those slide carousels back in those days, you know, the round deal with, with the slides that dropped in and we showing the, their picture up on the wall and we're talking about it. I mean, it's seven. I mean, the guy hadn't grown any since he left, you know, <laughs> six hours ago, right? He's still 6'2 or 6'3, whatever he was. So the phone rings and our defensive line coach answered it. And he kind of, when he talked, he sounded just like Elmer Fudd. The cartoon, <laughs> swear. I mean, it was like, hey, whoa. <laughs> he, he, he answered the phone, you know, and he said, hey, whoa. <laughs> uh-huh. He says, I'll wait. I'll wait. Bye. He hangs up. So the head coach goes, who was it? it that was my wife. <laughs> He goes, is everything okay? The head coach says, is, there, is everything okay? He goes, well, that would depend on your point of view. <laughs> said, what are you, what, head coach says, what, what are you talking about? He said, well, like I said, that was my wife. And she said, there's going to be some sex at my house at 8 o'clock. And if I want to get in on it, I better get my hat on. <laughs> so the... The head coach tells everybody, I said, y'all get out of here. You know, everybody start, we all start laughing. I mean, come on. You can't help it. We're only a couple of guys that almost like fell out of their chairs, yes. right? So he says, y'all, he says, y'all just, y'all go. Get the, get the hell out of here. That goes back to illustrious Larry Haynes. Yeah. Why he would leave? You we're guys walking, are here. We're walking out the, of the office and one of the other coaches goes, he goes, his, this guy's nickname was Cash. He says, Cash. That's awesome. Was that really your wife? He goes, hell no, it's a wall government. <laughs> we, we did ask him the next day. I said, dude, was, he's, no, it was really a wrong number. <laughs> I just wanted to get the hell out of there. My abs are killing me. Crying. My jaws are hurting. You know, I, I, I used to tell my wife all the time. I'm gonna write a book, like his book, but I, I don't have a name. I don't have a name for that my book. That is a phenomenal. Like and anybody that you have a name for your book, of course. And yeah, is it is it in draft now or is it already it's in draft? Are you in talks no. with a publisher or anything? Uh, I'm talking to a lot of publishers, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> and he a lot of coaches that have written the name of it. They're he going. hasn't put in a word <laughs> to paper yet. No? no, it's all up here. But he's growed. He's growed. Growed. A growed so ass he's, a, man. he's a growed so ass man. man. He can, he can do whatever he wants. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what's the, is it oh, a working yeah, the title? Name, or well, you know what the title is. <laughs> Believe it or blow me. It's a good title. <laughs> it's a great title. And it, it's just about all the things that have happened. My gosh. I told and a lot of guys will call me up and go, hey, I better not be in that damn book. Yeah, I, that's told, right. I told one of my former head coaches that I was going to, we were at a clinic. And I, I was speaking at this clinic in Dallas, and, and there was a bunch of us, you know, high school guys sitting around talking, drinking beer. The guy comes up, he puts his arm around, says, "What are you doing, holding court over here?" I said, "No." I said, "I'm just telling all these guys about the book I'm going to write pretty quick." And I said, "I got two chapters all about you." And this look of comes over his face like. You know, and he uh, he very seriously goes, "You can't do that. <laughs> you have to have permission before you start." I, I looked at him and went, "Coach, lighten up! I'm not writing a book." <laughs> you hear That's a lot of coaches. The, yeah, though. my final chapter is on my uh, other occupation, part-time gynecologist, which I am. And- <laughs> That's the I, second time he said that in both I, times. Yeah, Just like you said, yeah. Coach, he brings the hands up to the, you know, uh, the examination. Yeah. I do that. I'm ready for that, too. <laughs> not, not one time has he st- talked about his other occupation without raising his hand. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like he's ready to pull out some I, sterile gloves. I am. Or something. Just, 
I've just cleaned them. I'm just saying, I need someone to. I need gloves. someone to put the glove. Glove me. Glove me. I'm ready to go. I said, I don't. Why do they not have fingers? <laughs> They're just a good. It's just a good glove I bought. <laughs> so I mean, you do hear a lot of coaches say, "I I, I want to write a book one day." Right. right. I've been thinking about it. Is that a legitimate thing on the bucket list? You've got list? some books. I looked you up today just to kind of get some background. You got like. 40 greatest pass plays. Well, that was a a video. We had a video that we made, you know, about quarterback drills and things like that. Yeah. You know, and people ask, you want to give lessons and all that? No, I don't want to give lessons. Why not? Because I'm not, I just don't want to do that. Where some daddy pays me $150 and said, I want you to work with my son and make him really good. Your son's terrible. If We're not going to work and with him. If you don't make him good, you he, he wants his money back. Yeah, I'm going to. No, I've given lessons very few times. The one time a guy came in and said, I want to, I want you to give my son a lesson. He's, and my coaches, I gave him crap all the time. We had a baseball coach that charged like 50 bucks for an hour or whatever. He had lessons out the yin yang. So I'd always ride his ass about that. And so they're all in there. We all eat lunch together in my office. And this guy is there talking to me about being giving his son's lessons. And he played at Winnie. He played, he played for Andy Tatum. And uh, he said, uh, hey, this is good. You need to give lessons. And I said, I don't do that. I'll play catch with him and tell you what he needs to work on. But I don't want to do lessons. Coach, he said, I'll pay you. He said, and I said, no, it's not necessary. Coach, he said, I'm going to give you $100 an hour. And I went. He's going to need a hell of a lot of lessons. I'm going to tell you that right now. So, a package but, yeah. you know, the sad but, part is a lot of these guys that come in and seriously want you, they'll, they'll offer to pay you to do quarterback yeah. lessons. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I was going to ask for and football. Go, what yeah. kind of lessons and would you, you do in football? football. It's, it's quarter, quarterbacks. It's quarterbacks. And some of the skill, but I mean, it's quarterbacks. that Their daddies all think that they're going to be really good. But coach. And uh, the things I do, if, like if Kevin would call me and say, hey, I need you. Well, come out and look at this guy. I would do that. I've done that many, many times, gone out, watched kids throw and tell them, hey, this is what the kid needs to work on and so on. But I tell these parents, I said, you know, and coach, I said, get a tennis ball and just play catch with the kid. If he can't throw a ball, he's not going to throw a football. So no matter how many lessons you give him or whatever you do with him, if he can't do that one simple thing, you know, He's not going to be a quarterback. Then after you learn how to throw, you got to be able to stand there in the pocket and have the presence to look downfield. And everybody goes, well, the quarterbacks are coward. No. Can you imagine standing back there with all those big people running at you? Actually coming out, trying to kill you. And you're standing and looking downfield. Yeah. And you know, when you see these quarterbacks take off running, it's because they're looking at the rush and they're not looking down field. The hardest thing, in the, and you can't, you really can't teach that. I don't think. Well, I mean, we, a kid can either. You got, it helps. A, a kid can either learn to, I have to look downfield and ignore all this. You know, I, I don't know if there's something you can do to. That's hard to, that's hard that's to hard do, to right? Do. I mean, you're, we, you're telling this kid to ignore a We car did wreck. that on every direction of you now, and complete the pass. You can do right? that. You can do that. But what we did, okay, and I was well, a quarterback. Well, that's why we ran the ball. Probably so. because I was a chicken shit as a quarterback. <laughs> you know, I and I, you know, I would hand off and point. That guy's got it right over there. Don't tackle me. But, you know, when, when you drop back, you drop back for the purpose of throwing the football. And when kids understand that. And these guys today, I watch, everybody's throwing vertical routes. My God. The idea is to complete passes. We wanted to complete at the very minimum 60%. And we were sometimes in the 70s because we're going to throw short. And then guess what happens? Human nature, right? What's going to happen is a secondary is going to come down. When they come down, then you go over the top. But it's And then it starts over the whole process. And if you take off and run something, your outside guys have got to have speed guys. Inside guys, those are your best receivers. But the outside guys... <clears throat> Excuse me. They're going to take the top off the coverage, right? And what's the first thing that your DC says when a guy runs by him? Get your ass back. Okay, so he's going to back up. Now we can throw it short. It's just, it's not rocket science. We ran the same plays from thousands of sets because I would watch my defensive coordinator draw up every offensive formation and play that they had. 
And I'm going, what the hell are you doing? You know? And they would do all that stuff. And I'm going, and then I would hear this. Well, if they run this and we're running this blitz, I just broke out laughing one time. I said, what, John, what are the mathematical chances? They run that particular play against that particular blitz. I said, if they do, then I'm going to say, kick off return. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so what the hell are we spending all this time worrying about it for? Man, I wish I would have had you as a quarterback coach. You know who my quarterback coach was in high school? Larry Haynes. Larry Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? And that's 100% true. Wow. And so I know he's listening to this. And so, you coach know what he Haynes, did? I love you. <laughs> you know how he came in my senior year and I was a quarterback since seventh grade you know what he did to fix the to all the implementation you did and stuff you know how Larry fixed it he fired me <laughs> he found a better athlete he found a better guy that, you know what he went to maintenance yeah. <laughs> I was the only 12th I was the grader only in maintenance you know who Brian Johnson is have you ever heard of that yes he's the offense coordinator for uh for the Florida, Florida. Gators and he was my quarterback, but he was at Crosby and started as a sophomore. Yes. And then Larry got the job. Well, Larry's son, Kellen, was a quarterback. So Brian comes to our school. Well, Drew's going to be a senior, and here's his dad sitting in my office telling me, I'm bringing my son from Crosby. And I said, he said, what do I have to do? And I'm just selling this for the audience. I really didn't say this. You got to you gotta live in our, our attendance zone, which I never said. But then, then I said, we got to do the paperwork. So, and I told him, I said, look, if your son is better. <laughs> it never got done. Yeah. <laughs> P-A-P-F what? But anyway, the, uh, I told the guy, I said, look, if your son's better than mine, he'll play. I said, it's that simple. I don't care who plays. I really don't. And I said, sleeping with this guy's mom, it doesn't, doesn't do anything. <laughs> That's not a plus. So don't worry about that. But the, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, Larry, Larry Soup called mine and said, we recruited Brian. I called Larry up and I go, hey, what the hell? He said, I'll take care of that. So Larry goes in and sees their soup and tells him, oh, wait, no. Brian needs to leave because my son's going to be the quarterback and we don't need to have issues. And so the soup calls our soup and says, no, it's okay. Dick didn't recruit him. They're moving, you know. And I go, then everybody goes for what? Athletic purposes. Yeah. Nah, he's not moving for that. But he played slot. Because he wasn't better than Drew. Then his senior year, he was our quarterback. He got one offer to Utah with Dan Mullen and Urban Meyer. Wow. And then he followed Dan Mullen. And he's he's smart as hell. He's yeah. at Utah when they beat Alabama. Absolutely. In the bowl game. Yeah, he's the he quarterback. was the MVP. Yeah. MVP. Wow. They were 12-0 and 0 that year. Yes. And you know what? He, he called me up and he said, Coach, he said, uh, I've been offered the running backs coach job. And now this kid is 22 years old. He was 17, and I kept asking his parents. I said, was he a pain in the ass? Why did you – you started him, what, when he was four? They go, no, we didn't because he was a bad kid. I said, I can't believe you would start a kid at four. You know, athletically, he could be back here another year. I'm, I was trying to figure out a way to grace him. But, uh, <laughs> I was. Another year. I was. <laughs> but uh, but <clears throat> anyway, the kid, you know, he ended up doing great. You know, and he went there and he had one offer and that was Utah. And uh, I mean, he's just a super, super kid. But his senior year, that's when then they said, well, he, he's not living in Baytown. I go, he's already been here a year. Here's where he's living. So then they start doing all these checks. They did that for us simply because we used to beat that team across town all the time. And so the only way we did it was we cheated. So just a background on that. So I followed Larry. Larry helped me get the head coaching job at Crosby after he left. So after all this, I get the head coaching job and – I really enjoyed watching girls basketball because Brian Johnson's sister yeah. started for us in basketball right. because they never moved. Right. No, they, don't say that. That's a lie. Well, I mean, I don't mean that. Not that. Allegedly, Allegedly. They never moved. Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, what a great kid, you know. But anyway, what yes, I was telling you, he's 22 years old, 125 grand. He calls me. He said, hey. I've, I've been, I can sign a free agent contract with the Green Bay Packers. I'd like to try the NFL. I said, no. I said, you're not an NFL quarterback. I said, you'll be released. I said, take the money at Utah. I said, let me paint this picture for you. I said, you do realize you're a black athlete. He said, yes. I said, you're articulate. You're smart. 
I said, you can be the running back coach now at 22. I said, eventually you're going to be a coordinator. Then you're going to be a head coach. I said, that's going to be the process. Do not go to Green Bay. I said, I know I'm not your dad. I've never slept with your mom, but I'm listening. I listen to me. Don't do it. Well, <clears throat> he did try out, got cut, bam, like that. But Utah had that much respect for him. They made him like a some position coach or something that's, you know, like an analyst, whatever. Then the next year he was the running backs coach, quarterback coach. The next year he was the OC. And then they brought in Dennis Erickson to help him. And Erickson, very, Brian said nothing but great things about, you know, he said, this guy, hell, he's coaching every level. He's won national championships. He's done everything. He said the guy was fantastic. He helped him a lot. Very humble. To, you know, just laid back. And he said, he told Brian, he said, don't worry about me being here, son. He said, you're just a youngster. He said, I've spilled more liquor on the golf course than you'll ever drink in your lifetime. And Brian said, okay, coach. He said, that's good. You know, so anyway, but Erickson was there to help him. And then Brian, you know, I mean, he went with, then to Mississippi State, came to Houston. Then he went to Florida. So, and he interviewed for the South Carolina job. And, and that was, yeah, that was on the football scoop. You know, he will be. And then, then he played in the, in the bowl game, the, uh, what was global it? Game. Global game. And Mass was his coach. Yeah. So we played, we, we had a high school all star game the first time the Super Bowl was in Houston at NRG. And we played teams from Japan, Russia, Canada, and Mexico. Well, Brian's our quarterback. Now, he ain't never taken a snap from under center in his life, to my knowledge. Maybe one or two. <laughs> All right. So, we're – I'm coaching at Katie at the time. We're eye formation, you know, quarterback under the whole deal. And I've got, I've got seven offensive linemen, and three of them have never dropped back pass protected in their life. So, I'm thinking – I think it'd be easier to teach Brian to do play action stuff than it would be to teach three offensive linemen that had never five-step pass proed how to five-step pass pro in two weeks. Of course, we're practicing against Gary Joseph. He's running the defense, and we're practicing. Of course, when we go, he's sending the freaking <laughs> sink every time, and Brian's having he's getting frustrated. And finally, one day, like the second day, he looked at me and goes, "Coach." I really don't like turning my back to the defense. <laughs> you know, play action stuff, right? Yeah. And I look at him and I said, well, you better get used to it. Wow. So we go like yeah, two nice more to days. To my kid. We yeah. go like two more days of this, and I'm like, hmm. Finally, I told Mike Johnson, who was the head coach, I said, Coach, we got to get in the gun because <laughs> I'm going to have to teach guys how to pass, bro. And – and when he told Not me like that story, I, but because because Brian's was like, Coach, I just don't like passing, I'm turning my back. And when, hey, when he told me the story, my my question was, why the hell would you pick guys that can't pass pro? You know, I mean, well, nobody wants to run the, the ball. Deal was, Do you ever go around the cities, go into town ball someday, and just drive around? Do you see kids blocking trees? <laughs> hey, come on over. We're going to work the wing tee or the wishbone. You know, you'll see kids out there throwing baseballs, kicking soccer balls, shooting basketballs. And in Baytown, they used to throw footballs all over the because we were in seven on seven. And Katie, and Katie they're, they're blocking trees. Yeah, and Katie, they're out there pass throwing and, 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 yeah, lining up and trying to roll boulders over. Can't find enough trees in Katie, Texas. <laughs> Can't do it. I thought, yeah, that's a hell of a lot of fun. That was like... Mm. This is, <laughs> we'll have to do the best we can on this thing. Hey, make sure you check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the same, at Real Coach Lounge. Let me say that again, at Real Coach Lounge. Hook up with us. Let us know on Facebook you're there. Let's start a chat. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, questions, things you want to hear, things you don't want to hear. All that fun stuff. This is a podcast for everybody. We just happen to be sitting in the lucky seats asking the questions and enjoying the laughs. But you guys are the ones that this is for. Join us on social media and let's all enjoy this fun ride together.
You know, we can't get out of here before without telling the best Let's, a football official story ever that I think I've ever heard. Thank you. The two Jim, guys. Jimmy Creech. Oh, I didn't think you were going to go there. And Joe yes. Sheffy. <laughs> so, Creech and Sheffy. Now, wait, let me preface. This comes up every year at the Bayou Bowl. Yes, it does. And it's still like Creech, the red alert. Red Alert's his nickname. When he gets mad, he is he's red. A he's a red-headed guy. So when he gets mad, he gets really uh, red. Real flush. This is huh? good. This is so, really good. Now, Creech and Sheffy used to coach together in Pearland years ago when Pearland was really bad. I mean, they couldn't – they were bad. So they both leave, and they decided, you know, if we ever became head coaches, we always promised we'd play each other non-district game if we weren't in the same district <laughs> so creech is the head coach at dulles and sheffy's the head coach at maid creek and they're playing and uh maid creek has the ball and they're going to try to throw a pass and a defensive lineman from dulles grabs the maid creek quarterback and starts spinning him around so the kid tries to dump the ball you know, burn, burn throw. Well, he's being spun around and he throws it backwards. And it was a no doubt. When I say no doubt, no doubt backwards throw. And the kid from Dulles goes over and scoops it up and runs it into the end zone for a touchdown. And all of a sudden they look up and the, and the white hat official is waving his arms and, and, and yelling incomplete pass. Which and the white hat is the it's, main it's the, official. It's the, yeah, it's the, and, it's and the head the, official. He's getting help from Sheffy. Yeah. Sheffy's out on the field giving it the yeah. incomplete yeah. sign. So he's going incomplete. And then so, this guy sees Sheffy doing it, so he but, does it. Yeah. Well, then red alert. Oh. Went red alert. <laughs> right? And he is out on the numbers yelling at the guy, yelling at the white hat official. And, you know, no telling what he's saying, but sure. he is like blood red. <laughs> well, Sheffy, other side of the field, can hear him, and he starts yelling. That he's going over. He goes, "Hey, Creech, you got screwed." Well, wait, wait, before, yeah, wait, before you say that, he's yelling at the official first, telling the official, "Get his ass no, off no, no, the no. field!" No, First off, he goes, "Jimmy, you got screwed." <laughs> So now, so Creech, he's the coach so, on one side, yeah. yelling at the coach on the other yeah. side. So now, red alert goes double <laughs> red alert. <laughs> now he's out on the hash, yelling at the white hat. And this is when Sheffy, the other guy, starts yelling at the white hat too. Get his ass <laughs> off the field! <laughs> so they finally. This is all in the first half, right? Get everything settled down. Go back to playing. It was they did call it incomplete. wasn't any replay. You know, I mean, it's incomplete. So this was in the first half. Wow. I think in the second quarter, actually. So they're playing over at uh, Mercer. So at Mercer, that on one end, I think the north end, there's the locker rooms and these three flagpoles out in front of the locker rooms with a big concrete deck before you get to the turf. Mm -hmm. So. Creech, red alert, has the white hat backed up against one of those flagpoles and is just wearing him out <laughs> about how bad of a call that was, right? So Sheffy, one of his best friends, sees it, sees red alert going off on the official. He walks by him. As he's walking by, he never stopped. You, as he walks by, he goes, "You still got screwed." Which <laughs> <laughs> set him off even more. <laughs> I think that's the game too, where the guy jumps off. He oh, offside, yeah, and at blocks the, the, game, the extra point. The, yeah, at the end of the game, they go to line up, and I think Creech, Creech is kicking an extra, extra point, point to win the, to win the game. No. To put it no, whatever. It was a field no, he's goal. kicking a field goal field to win goal. the game. Creech lines up to kick a field goal to win the game at the very end. And the kid from Maid Creek jumps off sides 
and blocks the kick and no flag. Yeah. And red alert went all again. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. You know, we, all, all coaches have, like you said, scratch. All coaches have a list of officials that are scratch. Needless to say, this guy was scratched scratch. on Creech's <laughs> list for, for the rest of his life. Yeah. No. For life. Never, Never got it. I, every every episode, I I keep saying the same thing. I can listen to these guys read the phone book. I mean, like that's <laughs> legitimately, guys. We've been recording for over two hours now, and we never talked about Lord Rusty. I well, then how about this? Get, make us a promise that you guys are going to come back to the lounge oh, love to. and and love to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And and share more stories with us because Lord Rusty and Seven on Seven. Yes, and we're gonna have we're gonna have couches for you guys and and, and seats with you awesome. know with your names on them, so you have your own chairs like in the lounge that, next yeah, time. Please, but and, it's to the point where he needs like really comfortable chairs. I do. Yeah, for sure. It's well, got, you've got Nick. You've got you don't you don't really have a book yet, uh, but I. I, you won't say it, but I'll get some points for you. Um, BarefootBlondeTravel.com. That's your wife. Yeah, my wife. Uh, I'm just telling travel you. Travel agency. If you if you are a coach and you want to get out of town, she she's got it all figured out. She's she's got it all figured out. What we're concerned with is that if you look at his Facebook page, he's always gone. I'm not sure that she schedules visits or you know vacations for other people other than he and her. Well, how, how I mean, do you really know to gone. set people up if you haven't tried it yourself, though? I mean, you <laughs> want to be able, right. you want to, be able to before say, we can say, I, I, I highly recommend like, this place. Oh, yeah. Well, we've been and we yes, yes. It's, it's as awesome. you should. Good job. Yeah, right. As you I should. Like that <laughs> and, and, and this person that he's sleeping with is possibly the best travel agent in the city is she not yeah you know an interesting thing about that i dated her for a little while while i was coaching in katie and after one visit to katie she decided that i was geographically undesirable <laughs> and we did not continue dating and then when i moved to deer park when she lived over in clear lake well then i was closer it was yeah, all good was and we ended good. up getting married yeah, that's exactly right convenient again <laughs> wow Coach, you got anything else that you want to no, do? You want to let anybody no, know what you're good. involved no, in? No, no, no. This is great. No, Thank you for having awesome. us. Awesome. A lot of fun. You're doing. It's a lot, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed uh, Appreciate you having us. No, yeah. pleasure's all ours. Please yeah. come back anytime, every time, as many times as you want, because I say we go ahead and make them honorary just guest hosts whenever they want to show up oh, and be like part of it. If we had like yeah. cups or mugs or koozies, we'd give Please, them to you right yeah, now. Right now, them. you'd have I them, like but we don't. So, coaches, thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Great. All right. Thank you, guys.